Oh yeah. Canceled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Canceled too soon. One season or less. Oh yeah. This week on Canceled Too Soon. The incredible Crash Dummies. Dreadhead. Severed Heads, not the band. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that last one season or less, thought, sometimes much less. thought you were doing Vin Scully there for a second. No. Uh, my name is William Pibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com and the co-host of the B-Movies podcast from Whence We Hail. I am uh, Whitney Seibold. I also contribute to Crave Online. I write film reviews for Legion of Leia. I contribute to Blumhouse.com. I run the projector at the New Beverly Cinema in Hollywood, California. And I'm the other co-host of the Movies Podcast right. from Once We Both Hail. And uh, uh, again, Cancel Too Soon, for those of you who've been with us since the beginning, is a bi-weekly podcast in which we review television series less than one season or less. Uh, but we've decided... But we're throwing in a couple bonus episodes yeah. for your listening pleasure. Don't get too used to it. I don't think we're going to be able to pull off the schedule every week just because we're very busy guys and we have a bunch of other podcasts. But uh, we Whitney had a very special request. Uh, I so wanted we, to do this one. So, uh, so occasionally in between uh, the longer series that we do every other week, we just did vinyl. Uh, we're going to do, you know, specials, uh, maybe TV movies, just weird one-off bits mm. that we can do relatively quickly and sort of just sort of prance out for you. Uh, and uh, this... Th- things that don't necessarily warrant a huge amount of analysis. Yeah, yeah they're not going to be like a whole hour, hour and a half yeah. like our typical shows. Uh, so this one mm. is... Oh, God. This is a Whitney request, and I can't complain because Hot Springs Hotel was mine. We, <laughs> you know what? This, this we all nowhere, like crap once in a while. This is nowhere as nearly as bad as Hot Springs Hotel. I would argue it's a little bit more insufferable. Hot but, Springs Hotel at least had breasts to get you through. This so just had breasts. this just had a lot of bad CGI. Yeah. Um, so uh, I wanted to do this one uh, because I was very fond of it when it came out in 1993. Yeah. Uh, How old it, were you when this came out? It was a Years old. That's I was a little al- old I to was be enjoying al- this. I was already in high school you were when this aged came out. Out of this one. Yeah, this, what is the this show? Uh, this show is called The Incredible Crash Dummies, uh, which was a CGI 1993 CGI animated series that only ever aired one special. Yeah, it and wasn't. It wasn't. Maybe it was. A, it was a pilot it, it was, that could have gone it to was a series. Inten- but I think it was originally intended to be a pilot, but I think they ended up having to repackage it as just like a TV special. Yeah. Uh, it came air. It aired on Fox Kids mm-hmm. and on uh, it, May sixteenth, nineteen ninety three, and it eventually uh, made its way onto VHS uh, as sale f- as a tie in sale for one of the toy products. Okay, we should explain to um, people what the Crash Test Dummies the are because not everyone remembers these. Yeah, things. the Crash Dummies was a started out as a series of PSA TV commercials, live action PSA mm-hmm. commercials uh, of talking living Crash Dummies mm-hmm. that would. Encounter horrible, rending violence mm. to their bodies in crash tests, yeah. and then would encourage the viewers to buckle their safety belts. That was that was it. They would mm. they were, had characters. They mm. said a few funny things, and the, then it turns out that they were in a car that was going to be crashed. And then you see how horrifically disfigured they, they, were, was, they were, and you reminded yourself, "Oh yeah, wear your goddamn seatbelt." They, they were they were violent and slapstick at the same time, and I yeah. and they were popular enough. It was to, a good PSA. It was effective PSA. It was effective PSA. A few years pass, and some marketing 
genius decides to turn this into a line of toys for kids. Yeah. And uh, so they came up with this whole canon of characters uh, with, you know, action figures that did various actions and cars you could crash and planes that would crash and the cars would fly apart. Mm -hmm. And it was all very funny. And actually, and it was all very colorful and cartoony. And I had a few of them. And I got to tell you, um, they were cool toys. Yeah, yeah. They were actually pretty cool because the fundamental premise as a toy mm. with the crash test dummies is kids are going to break your toys anyway. So, Here are well, toys that break on purpose and then you can put them back together again yeah, and then you, break you, them again. You would push buttons on their chests and their their limbs would fly off. Yeah. And, and, it was, and they'd break like nobody's business, but who cares? And, and it was is, still fun. This is a contingence of childhood and you can still find this in toy shops. It's just really out of the public eye right now mm -hmm. of gross toys or violent toys mm -hmm. that kind of celebrate how, how much little boys love to gross people out and destroy things. Hang on a second. Mm -hmm. Little kids. We, I, well, little kids. There's uh, this unfortunate tendency in the toy market, and we saw it very recently mm. uh, with the whole Star Wars The Force Awakens debacle where no one thought to make Rey action figures because they thought... one of the protagonists of the movie. They yeah. thought boys wouldn't want to play with it and girls wouldn't want action figures when mm. it turns out neither of those things were true. Mm. Um, there's this unfortunate tendency in a lot of toy marketing, and unfortunately it bleeds into television because... Because they're now interlinked. They're yeah. interlinked. You, you, there are a lot of really good shows that have decent ratings that get canceled just because the toys aren't selling well. Case in point, Green Lantern, the animated series, which is actually really good. Yeah. Uh, but the toys weren't selling. What are you going to do? Um, so, yeah. So, no, there's girls okay. like that stuff, too. Girls like in that all stuff, fairness. too. In all fairness. Yeah. Uh, I digress. But, but uh, these toys were, in turn, adapted by, of all people, Savage Steve Holland, who at the time was already working on Eek the Cat. Uh -huh. um, uh, Savage to, Steve Holland was a was a comedy filmmaker who made two really great cult hits mm -hmm. in the 1980s, Better Off Dead, which everyone loves, and One, one Crazy Summer, which, which not everyone loves, but is pretty fondly pe remembered. People ought to love. I think it's, I think it's, it's funny. It's very good. It's not uh, quite as clever as Better Off Dead, but it's a funny movie. It's a funny and he, movie. he also did yeah, How a, I Got Into College, which yeah, is okay. He's, he's got a really off kilter sense of humor and yeah. uh, he just and this he's actually a pretty good choice for yeah. an animated series about these robot in the series they're not just dummies they're robots yeah it's and, really uh, odd it's an odd premise savage steve holland's sense mm. of humor was very arch and very yeah. broad and the reason why one crazy summer and better off dead in particular works so well is because there weren't a lot of films like it that were sort of applying these almost cartoonishly broad Looney Tunes sensibilities to yeah. situations that like high schoolers re real life teen angst. Yeah, yeah. That was, it was a really clever uh, combination mm -hmm. and it just couldn't quite keep it going in other milieus, mm -hmm. but in, he's a perfect fit for children's programming. And even though there's a fair number of people who have, you know, bemoaned the fact that Savage Steve Holland didn't have a longer career uh, making feature films, he's been very prolific in children's television. Yeah. yeah. And this, he's directed was... every live action kids show you could possibly <laughs> think of over the last 20 years. I, I think great a fair number. I think he co-created Eek the Cat or co-produced it, it anyway. I think it was he who also did uh, one of the straight-to-video sequels to Legally Blonde. Yes! Yeah, yes, he, he did. He did one of those. Yeah, he did so, a couple so of those. He's, yeah. he's still around. He's very um, successful. He's just not very in the public eye, right. which is perhaps... Mm. He, I think arguably he deserved better, but yeah, regardless, but, he's yeah. he's great and he works a lot, so good for him. Uh, so the premise of the Incredible Crash Dummies is the show. Uh, the show was uh, the two main characters are named Slick and Spin. They mm -hmm. are crash test dummies. They work in a crash uh, research lab where their boss, is, who is also a dummy, assigns them new safety protocols. The opening mm -hmm. of the special is they're testing out a new limo that the president is going to ride in. Mm -hmm. uh, and they get blown up and rent and pulled apart, and they enjoy it. This is their job, and yeah. they... Uh, Take comfort in the fact that they're making the world a better, pl a safer place yeah. in, in terms of auto safety. Here's my theory. It has been 
several centuries since the death of the last human. Yeah. And yeah, I was going to say something. And they, they are still programmed to do this. This is all they know how to do. So all they're doing is crashing cars. And there's this weird Douglas Adams futility to a lot of what they're doing because they don't interact well, with humans. There's no interaction yeah. with the outer world. This in is any my sort problem with the, this is my uh-huh. problem with the series. Again, the PSA was, was pretty simple. You humanize these crash test dummies and then they are you. And then you see them destroyed and you think to yourself, Oh, that could be me in that car. If I wasn't wearing my seatbelt, I would, be dead right okay fine that's the function that they serve when they exist in a world without human beings at least ones (laughs) that we see they become this weird abstraction they like getting blown up it's it's Mm. fun for them and then the whole point they exist to discourage you from being in accidents but they, it they kind of falls so, apart because they take it so much so pleasure fun. in the violence. Yeah, it yeah. falls apart if well, there were human beings. That's they talk Savage Steve Holland at work, though. I think he's yeah, he's but, kind of trying to be a little bit irresponsible as part of the joke. I, but it it doesn't come across as terribly funny. Mm-hmm. It just comes across as poorly conceived. They, yeah. The bad guy in this uh, story, and we'll get to him in a second. Uh-huh. Um, he talks about like I will take over the world and make it a less safe place, uh-huh. which is sort of amusingly like melodramatic, considering how okay. not well, that. It's weird. It sounds. It's, it's yeah, but, like, like low stakes for such yeah, an evil villain. We're gonna take away, you know, corporate regulations, and now all these cars can be unsafe. And I'm like, oh, vote Trump. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, curse your Ralph Nader. <laughs> But uh, yeah. uh, I, I digress. But like, yeah, he talks about all oh, the make the world less safe for fucking whom? <laughs> Everyone in this series, like this, the show normally on a kids show. We've talked about this before in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos, and, and to a lesser extent with Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars. But on a kids show, on a cartoon show, having a human child usually just seems patently unnecessary. It's, it's and distracting it's and pandering. pandering. Yeah, yeah. Here, it would have been really useful because well, it would have been was- like we have to make sure that the humans aren't hurt so it's okay that we do that would have really just made it more dramatic like it would have actually like i suppose so but the only way to have done that was to have done the show in live action because that way we would have seen what real fleshy human beings look like and you would have had beings it could have been the problem was it was 1993 and it was cgi and this is like well shouldn't have been sub reboot cgi it's really bad it's and in fact the cgi is so rudimentary and that the slapstick doesn't read in a lot of scenes no it really and, doesn't and in fact it starts to feel overwritten as a result because the the, the visuals are so rudimentary it feels ahead of and behind its time at the same time like they were like tri- in, in they were overextending was, the technology that they actually it, had to work it, with it was over concept and under uh produced is, yeah. is, is what i think uh anyway the premise of the show is uh dr zub wants to build a new more indestructible body for the dummies uh-huh. uh so he builds something called the torso 9000 mm-hmm. the joke it's the torso only more so it's halfway funny uh, ha- <laughs> it's, it's getting there it's half a joke uh, <laughs> it's the torso only more so yeah i get it yeah uh, did i mention that i taped this and watched it a bunch when i was when yeah, i was in high you, school you didn't but you didn't have to i think yeah, we picked up I, on I, that the, the, I, I quoted this to friends i showed <laughs> it some of my friends even started quoting it like this became kind oh, of a God. thing in my circle but uh yeah, he builds a torso, gives it to a, a dummy named Ted. Mm-hmm. Ted is sort of like the handsome hero of the dummies. Yeah. Uh, Slick and Spin are like the scrappy uh, underdogs. And, sort uh, of. They, they test the torso. The torso is undamaged, uh, but the Ted's head comes off and they have to do something uh, yeah, a, a I, bumbling janitor ends up stumbling in next to the torso at night and puts an evil puts head a, on the a, torso 9000 head that is not tested and turns out to be completely evil he puts the evil head on the torso this turns into junk man junk man 
puts himself together, looks all junky, wants to take over the world, uh, wants somehow to undo corrupt, the dummies. Somehow corrupts a cat. Yeah, he finds a, a, a hubcat. Yeah, a hubcap, but it's a hubcat. And, and, he and it, just, has a, it has a tire track across its torso. What's really, really weird is that Junkman like, sees this cat, and the cat's like, no! And he's just like, you know, cowering, he hides under his hubcap, and then Junkman grabs it. And then in the next scene, it's like, it's like cartoonishly evil. It's like muttly. It's like... <laughs> it's a, yeah, the cat yeah, becomes evil as well. Yeah, I don't know how he did that. Anyway, he builds like a, like a, like a small, like three... Three-man like army. Like three-man army of like evil crash tet dummies but type dudes. But they're all dumb because he only has junk parts. And what he's... His scheme is to steal the plans for the Torso 9000 from Dr. Zub, which to, is fundamental... To improve his his lackeys, which is fundamentally stupid, because he has the torso nine thousand. It's not like it's not like taking him apart would hurt him. We've established they're crash test dummies. It's <laughs> well, fine. It's also just indes- figure out how it works. It's, it's indestructible. How are they going to get inside? Okay, if the show had articulated that point, it might have been a joke. It might have been funny. Instead, um, it just seems badly conceived. He tries to steal the plans. Slick and Spin <sighs> have to break into his hideout to get it. They get it yeah. back. They um, crash some planes. They crash, they crash a car. They crash crash another car um, um and 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 all is well um, and basically all is well not a lot the, actually happens in this show they just a lot of stuff breaks um i i really like the voice acting in the show uh-huh. i think all of the actors are really giving it their all uh i think with what they got with what they got okay. but you know they're, they're they, they have a lot of energy they're not deadpanning it they're really pushing into this this script uh the only character that i really hate has one line uh his name is daryl and Which one's Daryl? Daryl is just a guy. He's just another character in the background. But what we know about him is that his one line is, uh, I think it's, chill junk dudes. They give him this weird, uh, like, uh, surfer. Yeah. Uh, so he's like the surfer dude I totally character. I, t- I watched sh- this. I watched this a couple of hours ago. Totally forgot. Totally about forgot. Daryl. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. There's 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 the big like stupid southern bohunk named Bull. There's the fat one named oh, Spare God. Tire. Isn't that funny? Well, the fat. He's also and then there's like, like a some kid. It's weird. Yeah, and, then, like, really and then there's there's like some other characters that they name but are, don't have anything. Yeah. To do. It's it's obvious that like it's basically look we got all these action figures make them do something mm. and every once in a while and this was a, this was how a lot of shows got made. This is how He Man got made. Mm. They had a whole bunch of leftover Conan action figures because it turned out yeah, that yeah. Conan. Uh, being R-rated was difficult to market to children, so, so they, they changed they the color. They changed yeah. the color of his hair, and they made an animated series out of it. That's actually how that happened. Um, the eighties tra- were a dark time. Transformers. The yeah. Japanese came up with a bunch of cool robots that turned into into cars, and the Americans mm. are just like, "Well, shit, yeah. what do we do?" By, by and the then time, they came up with a bunch of comic book creators, and they came up with this really complex yeah. mythology that people are still working on today. It's a backwards way of working, but sometimes it's fun. Uh, by the time we got to the early nineties, though, this sort of toy. Toyetic, uh, toy-centric way of making shows was becoming self-parody. A little uh, bit. Out of, you know, the children were of the, kind of getting a little smarter to well, it, and, and we the, could kind of tell when there was nothing, when there was nothing else going on mm. but toys, they tended not to last very long. Like Street yeah, Sharks yeah. was obviously nothing more than a Teenage Ninja Turtles knockoff with a bunch of street-tough shark dudes 
And it wasn't a good show. It wasn't a terribly clever Teenage Ninja Turtles knockoff, and it didn't last. Why? There's nothing to it, really. Mm-hmm. Not that Teenage Ninja Turtles had a lot going so, on, but it had more interesting characters, and it worked better. Well, also, the animators who were working on the sh- those shows in the 80s were getting so sick of that model. Mm-hmm. I, I, if you listen to interviews with John Kay, the uh, creator of the Ren and Stimpy show. Yeah, John Crick Falusi, for people who don't yeah. know by that name. Yeah. John, uh, I think it's Chris Falusi, but, Is it? or some, something okay. like that. I've never been totally clear. But That's uh, why everyone calls him John, John K. K. Yeah. Uh, John K., who essentially revolutionized all animation forever with the Ren and Stimpy show. Well, American uh, animation. American animation. Yeah. Uh, what you're watching today, all grandchildren of the Ren and Stimpy show. <laughs> to one degree uh, or another, yeah. But he, he, what, well, what he essentially did was make uh, uh, creator-based cartoon shows yes. rather than property-based cartoon shows. Mm-hmm. And he worked on stuff like Mighty Mouse and Alvin and the Chipmunks. Mm-hmm. Like He hated he, working he on He did the title stuff. sequence for Troop Beverly Hills and did a damn good job of it. <laughs> you mean Beverly Troop Beverly Hills? Did I say what did I say? You said Troop Beverly Hills. I said I meant Troop Beverly Hills. Oh, okay, all right. Troop Beverly Hills. Well, I, I was confusing that with Beverly Hills Teens. One of no, no, <laughs> God. Although Beverly Hills Teens fucked me up. Okay, so Beverly Hills Teens, real fast. This Beverly is Hills Teens is ama- has an amazing title sequence. It really and, does. And I can still sing you that damn theme song. Beverly Hills Teens was like this weird kind of gem in the holograms knockoff. I think it well, came second. But like no, the no, whole, what, what it was, it was, it was a da- Dallas for Kids, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It was basically just this melodramatic. Or, or Dallas, it was Dynasty. It was yeah, Dynasty it was this, for Kids. It's this kind of melodramatic soap opera in Saturday morning form. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of attempts in the 80s to make like cartoon shows for girls. Sometimes they ended up being kind of namby-pamby, Rainbow Bright, which was actually not bad. I've seen a few episodes of it recently. It was okay. But like, <laughs> the, then there was stuff that they tried to make it kind of soap opery. Gem mm-hmm. was very soap opery, and it wasn't mm-hmm. bad. I liked it a lot. It was stupid, but it was fun. Uh, Beverly Hills Teens, I don't remember terribly well, but what I do remember about Beverly Hills Teens, besides the fact that it was basically an animated soap opera for kids, mm-hmm. was that was... Uh, uh, the show that convinced me that the word carpool, like a carpool lane that you see uh, in the freeway, meant there's a pool in the back of your car. Because well, these are rich kids, and one of them had a pool in the yeah, back of the Yeah, had like a jacuzzi yeah. in the back of the, of the limousine. And I'm like, none of you people in the carpool lane have a pool in the back of your car. And oh, I was embarrassingly old when I found out that's not what that meant. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how old. Mm. Suffice it to say, there were more than one digit in my age <laughs> when I found I, uh, that out. <laughs> What I remember from Beverly Hills Teens was they had a very special episode about eating disorders. Really? Yeah. There was wow, there was a woman who had, who had she had a dream about being too fat and turning into Godzilla, and then she had a dream of being too thin and like blowing away in the wind. Oh, yeah, no. it was it, it was it was and and of course it wasn't one of the regular members of the cast. It was like the special guest character had all these horror. That reminds me, one of the shows I want to track down uh, for this at one point is Tattoo Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. Oh, there you go. Oh, uh, but that one was terrible. Back to the Incredible Crash Dummies. Uh, the this was uh, a very brand-heavy, toy-based cartoon show, but since it was based on such a strange, violent premise that was mm-hmm. kind of taking the piss out of itself as is, yeah, uh, it the show, of course, came across as, at least I think, kind of self-aware about its own ridiculous premise, its own silliness. Yeah. So it was... A little bizarre to see, and uh, that's probably why I reacted to it so strongly when I was probably too old to be You're watching a, a show like this. Person. Well, so I, I you appro- are. I don't, that's not an insult. That's just true. Uh, it's true. I, I'm yeah. I'm drawn to odd things, and I always was appreciative of the shows and t- uh, TV shows and movies that called attention to themselves. Sure, it, it's like in Spaceballs when they turned to the camera. You know that that stuff really made made my yeah. heart on, set my heart on fire. So when I got to something like The Incredible Crash Dummies. 
I saw the violence as being a commentary on this sort of toy-centric thinking. It's like, we're going to take this toy-based product and turn it into a TV show. But the toy mm-hmm. isn't about action and adventure. It's essentially about looking at these characters and seeing them only as toys. They are dummies. They're called dummies. And yeah. they're meant to be ripped apart and rent. The show is about breaking your toys. It, it and, is. And, and in a way, it's about breaking. And it's not clever about this. It's no. not, not overwhelmingly about this. But I saw that this as Savage Steve Holland trying to take the show and smash it against a wall. Okay. I trust that Savage mm. Steve Holland is a, is a man with ideas because I've seen his movies. I've seen mm. some of his other stuff. And he's obviously very intelligent and very funny. Um, and that may be part of what was going on uh-huh. uh, with Crash Test Dummies. Uh, or just, cr- just Crash Dummies. I'm oh, sorry, Crash Dummies. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's really there. <laughs> I, think, I think they're trying for it. I think uh, that's what they're, I think that's an element of what they're going for. But uh-huh. it may have been part of, it may have been part and parcel with the idea that here is a CG animated series back in 1993 when, you know, there really wasn't a system in place to do that cheaply and simply. Um, you get locked in. Mm-hmm. It's like um, the the guys who made the original Tron, okay. uh, which was a very complicated, not as much CG in it as you might remember, but it was a very complicated visual effects film that required very carefully recreating exactly what they had in their storyboards so that they could do the right. visual effects later. And as a result, it ended up feeling kind of stodgy. Because yeah. they couldn't, there was no freedom to change anything mm-hmm. if it wasn't working. If they it wasn't working, the pacing they're stuck with. Yeah, what if it wasn't got, working, yeah. you're stuck with it. And I think that might have been the case with Crash Test with Crash Dummies. Mm. I, it feels like there's obviously a nugget of something funny here. There's an anarchic spirit here, mm. where you know, yeah, you're right. Everything is designed to be exploded, and mm. there's a, sort of a freewheeling. Um, I, I, sort of a, of, a slapstick silliness to oh, it all. Yeah. You know what it could have felt like? It could have yeah. felt like it's probably a little more like sophisticated in terms of the comic timing for CG animation. Uh-huh. But it could have felt a little bit more like Minions. Where yeah, there this, Yeah, there's just this spirit of chaos mm. that comes they, from they, it. The good nature chaos. They, they serve wickedness, the, yeah. the Minions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if they had served that function, they exist to explode. Uh-huh. Almost like the, the bombs in John Carpenter's Dark Star. <laughs> um, like if they, if they don't explode every so often they're uh, unhappy like you could have done something with that and created well, you, you, you get that from the characters they, little, they enjoy their job a little they, but they take pride in their work one of the first things we see in the series is a character who doesn't want to be destroyed so uh-huh. no that doesn't quite play mm. um it, it feels like it's kind of like they hadn't quite found the sweet spot of the concept yet it's a bizarre right. concept there's something here and i honestly think you could have done this show maybe if it had found had some time to find itself Um, I feel like the show could have been very funny, very consistently Mm. found its own tone and come up with a very odd and unique place in the popular culture. Uh, Instead, we had this one episode and I think it sucks. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's it's kind of interesting just as a curio because, again, CG just wasn't a thing. Like, it it was very, it it feels like a student film. Where is this in terms of reboot? Like reboot, That's a good question, reboot had actually. just been on. Or, or, uh, was it? I, I think I think these were running concurrently. Let me Hang look on, up the I'm dates on reboot. Reboot, reboot nineteen ninety four. It was a little bit after. This. Oh, it was a little after. Oh, so just a little after. So the, yeah, this was. Kind but of bear in mind like, when 
one of, one of the big uh, introductions of CGI, yeah. like from beginning to end. We had it in, in yeah. like dribs and drabs in certain other TV shows. We'd have oh, yeah. like a, a CGI section. Yeah, uh, and they played with it a bit. But the the idea of like an entire television series done in CGI was mm. really novel, and reboot, uh, which came out a year later and was more of an adventure series that took place inside a computer, was basically it was there, Tron. It was the Tron, series. Yeah. Um, I remember loving the idea of it, and then I actually watched it, and the the animation was so stodgy, and mm. it lacked so much kinetic energy. I was watching you know anime at the time already, mm. and there was something about it that just felt like we're not there yet. <laughs> and honestly, even today, when I watch a lot of CG animated kid shows, mm. um, there's this sort of well it's 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 the, I, I don't, I don't the know it's stodgy the, over and over well, and over again but there, it, it doesn't feel in very the, alive in cell animation and hanna-barbera really pioneered it, it had yeah. been done before but hanna-barbera really kind of popularized this notion of limited animation yeah which is they are deliberately just starting designing the characters so you can animate them quickly so you can remove yeah. mouths and eyes and uh just have them move certain key elements mm-hmm. uh, throughout a scene so you can produce a show very quickly yeah and actually have a, a weekly or even a daily animation series sure it really streamlined the process it simplified the animation so a lot of like yeah. really early old school like disney fans didn't like it yeah but uh that's that's the way television animation worked and i think when you do an so adventure you do, series or a series that's about the kinetic energy of the crash test dummies yeah. that sort of approach even in a contemporized uh, uh cg format doesn't do it any favors. Well, the, you say contemporary CG format, but this was at essentially time, limited animation for CGI. Exactly my uh, point. Because mm-hmm. CGI was at that point, they couldn't do it quickly. And even still yeah. today, you really can't do it quickly. So I, I think, uh, I think it, the jokes don't think it worked. play a little weirdly. I think wa- watching this again is so bizarre that it just sort of kind of gets me going again. Uh, even though it's not, doesn't make me laugh the way it used to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think this is definitely something worth seeing. Uh, the whole thing's on YouTube now on like yeah. several different versions of it are all over YouTube. Yeah. Uh, the version I saw actually was the entire VHS tape. So uh, it even had like the FBI warning. Which, which I hope you felt really guilty for watching. Yeah. <laughs> because that's ironic. Yeah, yeah here, here, um, we're going to rip off the actual FBI warning. So it's an odd curio. The crash test dummies basically faded away into just, obscurity. Just they, crash dummies. They, sorry, the crash dummies. <laughs> they oh. faded away into a bit of obscurity. I doubt too many people remember them too, too clearly now mm. from younger generations. They brought them back for a few like animated shows shorts in like the early 2000s is my understanding but i didn't see them and they didn't last uh, long. they didn't last long and in fact uh they were such a failure that they were almost immediately replaced by ninja turtles shorts as well they should be um so that was that was mm. i suspect i know your answer here mm. was the incredible crash dummies canceled too soon Whitney? i think the incredible crash dummies deserved more time to prove themselves yeah Mm. No, I think we're done here. <laughs> at least with this version. I think if you had done an Incredible Crash Dummy series at the time, we're talking about 1993 animation. Oh. If you had done it in 2D animation, even with Savage Steve Holland, the crew did eek the cat. Mm. Uh, I really think there was more potential here to do something more inventive and more fun. Yeah, I, I wish you had uh, done but, this yeah. instead of uh, Savage Steve Holland. Also, we might talk about this show on Cancel Too Soon. It was called Clutter uh, with, uh, with a K. And mm. uh, I think it was the animation was done by Klasky. Chupo, Kasupo, uh, the people okay. who did like Rugrats and Aw Real Monsters. Ah. And uh, so it was really kind of janky and weird kind looking. Of off-putting, uh, I yeah, always kind found kind that of, style, yeah. Clearly, That's my taste. Yeah. I know a lot of people love those shows. Just, yeah, this kind of, and it, it was essentially about a little kid who had a pet 
it was it was a pile of laundry. It was a pet pile of laundry that would come to life. Like Weird. the the mess in his room somehow gained sentience. Well, that's kind uh, of a fun idea. And, and it's kind of a fun idea. And yeah. it didn't last long at all. Nobody uh, remembers. Seventeen Holland also worked on a show that I think I saw one episode of, mm. and I would love to track this down and do it on Cancel Too Soon, but mm. I don't know if it exists anywhere. Uh, he did like an HBO series of Encyclopedia Brown. Oh wow, that would have been Encyclopedia fun, yeah. Brown was great. I don't know if kids are still reading Encyclopedia mm-hmm. Brown. Uh, it was a series of uh, young adult novels uh, about uh, basically a preteen Sherlock Holmes who solves mysteries in his town. Mm-hmm. And every book was mostly a series of short stories. And the whole point was Encyclopedia Brown would catch the one clue that uh-huh. proved this thing wasn't real or that this mm-hmm. urban legend was false <laughs> or that this thing didn't happen. And... You were you didn't find out what it was until you turned the page, mm. so you're encouraged to like reread it a lot and try to figure yeah, out yeah, what yeah. the clue was. I almost never got it right, uh, but <laughs> I, I, I always thought it was a cool character, and I'm actually surprised people aren't doing more with him. So mm. uh, if I can if I can track down Encyclopedia Brown, we're gonna do that at yeah, some right. point on this series. Um, so that. Mm. Is this this uh, install, mini installment of Cancel Too Soon? That's right. Uh, we will be back next week with our with a full uh, mm. uh, one season wonder series. <laughs> uh, we'll be doing on the air. Yes, uh, which uh, is a series David Lynch did. It was his follow-up to Twin Peaks, and uh, it, it didn't been, go anywhere. And it's, it's been, been promptly it's, forgotten. It's been pretty pretty much buried. It's never been released on DVD. You can find it on VHS if you still have a VH, uh, VCR. Yeah. Uh, and uh, or, or if you're a resourceful uh, television pirate, as I'm yeah. sure most of you are. Yeah, I think that's probably our target demo. <laughs> Not that we encourage that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're, uh, you can find us online. You can email us, bmoviespodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, we always welcome suggestions for Cancel Too Soon. We are so backlogged with suggestions. Do not be mad if we don't get your suggestion for a while. No. Because we have but, hundreds of suggestions. But we are keeping a tally. And, we are definitely And, and when we tally. get more uh, suggestions for a certain series, we'll, of course, do that series. Yeah, if they, so. if, they, if they simply strike our fancy, we go, oh my god, that sounds fascinating, mm. goes to the top of the pile. But also, if we if everyone suggests it, we'll get to it sooner than later. Which explains um, vinyl. <laughs> which explains vinyl, which yeah. is why we did vinyl last week. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast. I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. Uh, if you want to hear our regular weekly movie news and reviews podcast that's b-movies podcast uh also on itunes mm-hmm. uh if you haven't subscribed to cancel too soon please subscribe it helps us so much it, it, well it helps other people find us is yeah. what it does it, it, it puts us to what it essentially does is it bumps us up the yeah. list when people look up tv podcasts so, so if you can people subscribe, can find us and give we us get a quick star rating audience. would be yeah. really really great if you can write a short review or a long one whatever we're fine just mm. that really really helps if even if you just take a minute if you like the show it helps. It really, really does. Uh, so thank you again for listening. And um, I'll let you take this one. Ah, uh, how do other TV shows end? Good night and good luck. <laughs>